Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez with you as always. Now, that was probably a little bit different than what you're used to in the opening, but if you don't know, that's 21 Pilots. That's their song, Stressed Out. And of course, I thought in so in some stupid way that it'd be kind of cool just to open that up, uh, given the fact that the title to our podcast today for the message coming from Matthew chapter 6 is Stressed Out, because let's face it, I kind of like that song. If you kind of know the lyrics and you look at the background of these guys, uh, Tyler, who's the lead singer, you know, goes back to his childhood and talk about how when things used to be innocent, but then you get older, you got to pay the bills, life goes on, and you have those fond memories about you as a child and things seem to be more simpler. And I think that that's so true today. And as we look at Matthew chapter six, you know, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we oftentimes don't want to talk about, and that is the worry. So right now, as we're as we're jumping into this passage and you're listening to this podcast and you saw the title stressed out, you know, what is this all about, Jason? We're going to talk about being anxious. So my friend, if you are in fact anxious, if you're going to willingly admit right here, right now, and the confines of your car or you're in your bedroom or wherever you may be listening to this podcast right now, and you're saying, you know what? I am overwhelmed. I, I am a person that's filled with worry. I'm a worrier. You're not alone. I will tell you upfront and personal, I just finished this last spring with a book called Stand Strong in Your Faith, and it was really a journey that I went through for myself, examining my own faith and asking the question and challenging myself, am I really standing strong in my faith? And one of the aspects that I had to really, you know, not just research in, but really look at was doubt, to look at worry, look at an anxious heart that I was uh, struggling with. I look back at my childhood and seeing how I uh, have allowed worry to really disrupt me and upset my stomach and cause things to become more stressful and anxiety sometimes. Not not majorly like some people I've dealt with, you know, I've talked to and, and have, have tried to help and console and counsel. But, you know, just to, to enough to where it really just uh, bothers me and consumes me oftentimes. And even some of those restless nights. I mean, let's face it, this is where majority of people are at. So again, in this short podcast, I mean, we just want to look at scripture and hopefully my friend help you. So whatever worry or anxiety that you're you're wrestling with right now, whatever you may be going through, let's pause. Let's look at the words of Jesus as we continue our study through the Sermon on the Mount as we're going through a chronological order in the Gospels. As I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, if you've missed some, Go to SoundCloud if that's your platform or iTunes. You can always go to StandStrongMinistries.org, click on podcast. All of our podcasts are there on our page with my study notes. And if this has been a blessing to you, uh, please let us know that. Info at StandStrongMinistries.org. You can shoot a direct email to us and just to let us know how this is blessing you. 
And if you want to continue the ongoing work that we're doing through spreading God's word, teaching people just like you how to stand strong in the word, uh, we we ask for your donations to continue to support the, the ministry that we're doing here on Stand Strong in the Word podcast. So without further ado, let me just kind of give you a quick little uh, recap. Jesus, just in the previous podcast, number 35, Jesus taught how to store up treasures in heaven. And so that title was How to Invest in Heaven. And that is impossible, my friend, as we learned in the previous podcast, if you serve two masters, you can't do it. You can't love the world and love heaven. You can't love God and love yourself. Okay, so we talked about that. And now it's so important because as we're going through Jesus's sermon and we're looking at it in sections, I don't want to just you know, focus on, on these different areas. We have to look at it in its totality. So it makes perfect sense as we now engage in this uh, situation that Jesus is teaching on about, about being filled with anxiety. Because again, if you think about it just in the practical sense and, and not so much on the audience that Jesus was teaching to, because again, his truth is 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 everlasting you know what he shared uh, 2000 years ago in the sermon on the mount is still relevant and truthful today but if you think about our circumstances yours including mine today and we're hearing this sermon maybe for the first time or it's just being reinforced into us we would say you know lord i want to store up treasure in heaven we i know that's the right thing to do but i got to tell you I'm anxious. I got to tell you, I worry because if I if I invest over here for for your kingdom, if I give over here, if I contribute over here, what about my bills right here that I got to pay by the end, the end of this month? I just got this notice or whatever the case may be. So this is so fitting that Jesus just talked about storing up treasures in heaven. And now in verses 25 and 34 of Matthew chapter 6, he gets into this whole issue and again, this is Sermon on the Mount. It's always focusing on the heart. He's looking at the heart and he calls it like it is. So let me read you this passage. And then he, as always, let me highlight a few points to try to reinforce his truth in our lives, to embolden us, to inspire us to live a life of faith. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you all need them. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right, well, there it is, pretty much black and white. So let's take 
three portions in Matthew 6, 25 through 34 and look into what Jesus is saying and how you and I can overcome whatever stress, anxiety, worry that you and I uh, are dealing with. So the first thing we see here is that we are not to be anxious about life in verse 25. So that is key. Remember, a lot of times God has to deal with us as fallen creatures by presenting or revealing, if you will, the negative, like do not be afraid. Obviously, there's fear there. And so in this case, Jesus is saying like in the New Testament, the Old Testament, you see over and over again, God says, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, for I am God, I will deliver you. My promises will come to pass in your life if you trust in me. But he addresses the fear. Jesus in the New Testament comes out at this angle by saying, do not be anxious, all right? Recognizing that you will be consumed with anxiety. So if you go back, as I mentioned before, what Jesus said earlier in verses 19 and 24 of chapter 6 of Matthew, that we are not to store up our treasures on earth. Why? Because they'll consume you. And if we let them consume us, then we're going to be so worried about money. We're going to be so worried about bills and clothes and food. Now, remember, I'm speaking to myself about this, my friend, uh, not just you. This is something that I myself uh, have struggled through in life, but God has been so faithful and I thank him for the, the the sanctification process of refining me and teaching me and molding me. But you know, it's interesting when I was doing some research and I look at this word that Jesus used here, do not be anxious, or in some translations, do not be worried. It means to be distracted by the cares of the world, to feel danger, to lose a sense of direction because you are unsettled. Let me read that again. Because oftentimes we we just say that, like, hey, don't be worried, don't be afraid, you know, don't be anxious. What are we really saying? What is the Bible? What's what's the heart issue in all this? Well, uh, like as I said before, distracted by the cares of the world. So perhaps you're worried because you're so fixated on the things of the world. You're so anxious about things because you're distracted by the things of the world. Or perhaps maybe you're worried or you're filled with anxiety because you feel danger. You look around and you and you look at your circumstances or the potentiality of certain things that can lead down a certain road that it may seem dangerous to you. And so you're afraid. And because of fear, because you have a spirit of fear in your life, you're filled with anxiety. And then notice this last uh, definition of worry also can carry the idea to lose a sense of direction because you are unsettled. Think about how often you and I become unsettled because of worry, because of anxiety, because we're distracted, maybe because we've allowed uh, fear of danger, uh, fear of rejection or fear whatever to come into our lives. And then it makes us feel unsettled. And anytime you and I feel unsettled, when we don't have that security, we're not going to be making right choices because our mind is clouded. So when the Bible says, do not worry, when Jesus says, do not worry, this happens, I would, ha- I would argue, uh, and this could be subjective, you know, obviously, but it's probably one of the hardest commands given by Jesus to obey. Think about it. He says, don't worry. And think about how often you and I worry. Everyone worries. Every one of us lets fears of the, even the unknown, things that may not even happen. Matter of fact, we know this, and I wrote a, wrote a book about it, you know, in Stand Strong in Our Faith, about how we allow the fear of the unknown to unsettle us, or in some cases, even defeat us. And you know, most of what we have on our head doesn't, is not even reality. It's not even real. It won't even come to pass. You remember when Jesus corrected Martha in Luke chapter 10, verse 41? He warned her about this very thing. He said, Martha, Martha, 
You are anxious and troubled about many things. Are you a person who's very troubled? Do you let things get to you very quickly? You see, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying this to you, my friend. Do not be anxious. Do not worry. Don't be unsettled. Don't be distracted by the cares of the world. Notice also in verse 25, now he starts posing questions. And as before I go any further, I want to say this, that there are throughout this passage, Jesus poses a lot of questions. And I love this about Jesus. And hence is one reason why in the ministry I do it as well is because when you get people to ponder, to really contemplate and meditate by posing questions, by hearing their hearts, seeing where they're at, praying for discernment, allowing the Holy Spirit to move, you're asking them uh penetrating questions. It really not just helps people to think, but it helps them to go from an unsettled mind to a settled mind. Notice what he asks here at verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You see, my friend, eating, drinking, and clothing are the trio that represent what we need on earth. So it's hard not to focus on those three things, eating, drinking, and clothing. Think about how consumed we are. And again, not in a bad way, but we need clothes, obviously. You know, thankfully I'm doing this podcast wearing clothes and I'm sure you're listening wearing clothes, but you know, we, we wear clothes, we drink, we eat, what are we going to eat tonight? What's tomorrow? Having fresh water, you know, but the point is, is it's beyond that. We're so grateful for what we have, but there's an eternal perspective here. And that is the more that you and I trust the Lord and not take for granted what he's given us, and we look to store up treasures in heaven, the less you and I will fret and worry because we're not distracted on the things of the world. We're not looking at what we don't have or what we want and think that we need in order to survive. We're grateful. Life is more than just food, clothing, and water. So much more. But you think about how often we are consumed by that because these are these physical daily needs that we have. So the first thing when we're dealing with being stressed out, when we're when we're dealing with anxiety, the command in scripture is not to be worried, not to uh, lose track and get get a get a uh, allow an unsettled mind to lead us astray. It's not to be consumed by the things of this world because the world can get us down and there's so much more beyond the world. Because notice in the second point now, in verses 26 through 30, God reminds us, Jesus says, hey, our heavenly father, he provides for us. He feeds and sustains the things of the world. Notice here in verse 26, he says, your heavenly father feeds the birds. The point is, is if God could provide for the birds of the air, he will certainly provide for you, my friend, for me, for my family, for your family. You know, the world and everything in it belongs to God. You and I believe in that, don't we? But yet, how often do we get so consumed by the things of the world, like what we need to do in order to produce something? You know, it's a reminder for me as I'm just sharing this with, with you because in, on my property, man, we get tons of squirrels. And then we got to send our dog out there. He likes to chase him down. You know, it's so funny to watch. But it's remi- you're reminded of that. When you see a squirrel grabbing grabbing an acorn and and nestled in, in, in their, you know, just thinking how they survive and how they live. And they're just grabbing food on my, on my property. I don't go out there and grab what they eat. You know, we go to the store to get food. But it's just a reminder that even a simple squirrel, and as, as Jesus says here, birds, as, as birds fly past you, you hear them singing in the distance. It's a reminder. That's what Jesus is saying. 
God provides for them. So notice, because he says in verse 26, are you not of more value than they? Notice another question Jesus poses. You know, this key word, I wanted to look this up and share this with you because the word value here, when, when you just think, okay, well, yeah, I'm a human being. I'm made in the image of God. Of course, I'm of more importance than, than a bird. But I, I, I figured, you know, it's probably more than what Jesus is saying here that I want to look at in the original Greek. And, and sure enough, notice what the word value here. This will put things in perspective. Value means to have distinctive qualities. It literally means to stand out. So you and I know we're more valued than an animal, than a bird, right? But God cares for birds. He certainly will take care of you and I more. But as you and I are surrounded by life, by animals, and we hear the birds and they're flying around, they're in trees, etc., and they certainly stand out, you and I stand out way more than a bird. As noticeable as animals are and as much as we love animals, we stand out way more to God. Isn't that amazing? So if God provides for the least, right, for animals that are not made in his image, how much more will you and I be provided for? So put that in perspective the next time you're struggling with some anxiety. Notice a third question that Jesus poses. He says, in which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? The point here is worrying about life will not add growth. You and I, when you and I worry, when we're consumed by the things of the world, it will not give length of life. It's actually the opposite. Stress and anxiety are root causes for so many illnesses. Matter of fact, it's like the root to so many illnesses today. What's the remedy to stress, you might be wondering? Contentment. You remember when Paul, he displayed that contentment beautifully in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10? He says, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. In verse 29, he says, Jesus says here about Solomon, remember? So he goes from a bird to now, okay, let's think of someone that you and I respect, someone who was the most wealthiest who's ever lived. Let's think of a king. Think of Solomon. So we go from feeding a bird, you're of more value, you stand out way more than a bird, so God will take care of you, to now even Solomon, and notice he says, Solomon, all of his glory was not even arrayed like one of them. He's talking about the lilies of the field. So now he's saying, look, you guys look out in these fields. This is more arrayed. Solomon, though the richest man alive, not even his best robe, Jesus is saying, was as beautifully arrayed like a flower. So when you and I look around, there's so much for you and I to be thankful for. But notice what Jesus does. He calls it out. When you and I are anxious, there's a key thing that's causing it. It's a lack of faith. He says in verse 30, he says, you have little faith if you are filled with anxiety. Jesus says, those who worry too much about earthly things have an insufficient faith. Let me say that again. Jesus says, those who worry too much about earthly things have an insufficient faith. They struggle in trusting God. They struggle believing that God will meet their needs because they lack a relationship with him. You see, when you and I worry, my friend, you and I will have the wrong pursuits on earth. If worry is going to be a dictator in our lives, that's a strong indication that you and I have a lack of faith. We have a lack of a relationship with God. The more you and I commune with Him, fellowship with Him, fall in love with Him, the more you and I will rely on Him. Let me give an example of this lack of faith, this oh, you of little faith that is throughout the Gospels. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 27, remember when the disciples were caught in the storm on the sea? 
and they're worried that they're going to lose their lives. And Jesus called out and says, you have little faith. Peter, remember when he was walking on water, he said, hey, if it's you, let, tell me to come out. And, and he says, come. And he got distracted, took his eyes off of Jesus in Matthew 14. And Jesus says, you have little faith. In Matthew 16, 5 through 12, the disciples argued about having no bread. See, they're fixated on the things of the world. Jesus says, you have little faith. Matthew 17, 14 through 21, disciples were unable to cast out a demon. And they were wondering, why couldn't we do this? Why did you, why were you able to do it, Jesus? He says, because you lack faith. So look at these different circumstances. The point is, whether it's about a physical thing or a spiritual thing, Jesus says you need to have more faith. So if we're filled with anxiety, we need to have more faith. That needs to be on our prayer list. And that needs to be something we need to share with people that we trust, that we're growing in our faith together, that we have community and fellowship with to help us in those areas. That's why I surround myself as much as I can with people that have incredible faith. That it's not that these are risk taker people in life necessarily. These are people that do not get fixated on the things of the world. They don't, they don't get distracted by the things of the world. They're storing up treasure in heaven, my friend. Notice now the third and final point in this installment in our discussion about not being stressed out is in verses 31 and 34, we need to pursue God's kingdom. So we started with not being anxious. The second thing that you and I looked at is that God provides for the needs uh, of, of, of animals and humans on earth. And the, and the final thing we need to talk about is now how to pursue God's kingdom. He says in verse 31, after he started with, in verse 25, do not be anxious by saying, therefore, do not be anxious. That word again, anxious, this don't be apprehensive. So this is a second time that Jesus, is, Jesus stresses this out. So it's a, it's a big point. You know, Paul put it this way, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So another aspect, you guys, to overcome being stressed out is we need to be praying more. If you have faith more, if we need more faith, we need to have more prayer. And the more we have more prayer, we'll have more faith. And as we pray and have more faith, we're going to have a thanksgiving. Uh, uh, we'll have a thankful heart, I should say. And we'll be letting our requests be made known to God. And notice, in the peace of God, so as we fellowship with the God of peace, we will have that peace and it will surpass all understanding. And notice he says in Philippians 4, verse 7, and it will guard our hearts and it will guard our minds. Remember when you go back to the key word about worry and anxiety, it's an unsettledness. But when you and I fellowship with the Lord, we will have a settled mind. Now, he says here, Jesus, in verse 32, your heavenly father knows that you need them. Okay, so God is omniscient. That's another reminder that you, need, you, you and I need to have. He knows what you and I need before we even ask. Great pastor Skip Isaac said, since God's ability transcends my reality, it's best for me to bow at his immensity. God is always greater than our present knowledge of him. If God were small enough for our brains, he wouldn't be big enough for our needs. Well said. And finally, we know this verse, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you don't have that memorized, memorize it. But let me give you a breakdown of what, what this means. There's three key words there, seek, righteousness, and added. What matters the most is pursuing God's kingdom. Do you know that? What matters the most in this world is pursuing God's kingdom and striving to be like him each and every day, my friend. That should be a goal that you and I set every day of our lives. This word seek here requires a faithful pursuit from those who have been given much. That's according to Luke chapter 12, verse 48. 
So literally, this is used, the same word seek here in verse 33 is used in Luke chapter 13, verse 6, where it says, the man with a fig tree came seeking fruit from it. So when you and I seek first the kingdom of God, we are anticipating fruit to come as a result. And notice in his righteousness, that is doing the things that God requires of us. It is doing the right thing, being obedient, following a holy and true God. And the more we do that, the less worried we're going to be because we know we're doing the work he's called us to do. And if he knows our needs and if he provides for the world, he will take care of your little needs and he'll take care of my little needs. Now, the final word here, like as I mentioned before in verse 33 is cool, is the word added. It literally means that God will give, grant, or provide you with more than what you need spiritually, emotionally, physically. The word added here is not like, oh, he'll give you, you know, more food or he'll give you more wisdom. It's all of it. He'll give you things in abundance, spiritually, emotionally, physically. God will give you actually, my friend, more than what you actually need. What I mean by that is not more money, not a better job, because remember, every time we think that way, we're thinking physically. We're talking your total being, your human being as a body, soul. God will give you more love, more grace, more wisdom. And out of that, you'll have a more thankful heart. You'll have more faith. You'll have more intimacy with him. See, that's the beauty. So as you live this world, whatever you're as a janitor or a vice president or a president of a company or pastor, writer, whatever, God will use you. And finally, my friend, as we wrap up, notice what he says. He started with it. Do not be anxious. He said it again in the middle of this. And he says it again. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day in its own trouble. Let me, let me explain what that means. There are so many things that you and I do not have control over. And one of them is what? Is the future. There is no sense, therefore, according to what Jesus is saying here in verse 34, to worry about things that have yet taken place. What Jesus calls you and I to do, my friend, is to trust in him and to find rest in knowing that he has all things under control. Worry will only prevent you and me from doing what God has called you and me to do. And so make sure that as you are oftentimes consumed with worry and doubt, God provides, God knows, God loves you. God wants you to have more faith. He does not want you to be worried. He does not want you to be unsettled. Wearsby put it, puts it like this as I close. He writes regarding this passage that we just read, that we just read about it, uh, an anxious heart. He says, there are three words in this section that I want to point out to you about having victory over worry. The first word is faith. We need to trust God to meet our needs and know that. He says number two is the word father, knowing that God cares for his children. And finally, the third word to help us have victory over worry is the word first. What Wearsby means by this is that we need to put God's will first in our lives so that he might be glorified. And then Wearsby says this, he says, if we have faith in our father and we put him first, he will meet our needs. So my friends, as we close out, know that God loves you. He knows what you need. Be reminded as you look around how God has arrayed, how God has supplied, how God sustains things around you. God cares for your needs. Do not let worry destroy you, to bring you down, to make you feel unhealthy or depressed. If you have been distracted, or if you have an unsettled mind and you're hurting, cry out to God right now and ask, Lord God, take this heart of anxiety from me. 
Give me peace now, I do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, my friends. Love you, and I will see you on the next podcast. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening, and keep standing strong in the Word of God.